Ah, here we go again. Another compliance training. Welcome, and thank you for joining me today to talk about <sighs> fiscal He's compliance so in the new year. Hello there. Thanks for downloading and queuing up episode 5 of the DIY Narrator Podcast. I'm here to help you improve the engagement of your e-learning through more effective narrations when you can't hire a professional narrator and you have to DIY it. I'm Josh Risser and I'm a former corporate trainer who is now a professional voice talent. And I realized a little while back that there are a bunch of you instructional designers out there doing your own narration and just trying to figure out how you can get better at it and no one was helping you. So here we are. So I had a conversation the other day with an instructional designer and I'd mentioned his name, but I didn't think about asking him if it was okay and time to record the episode. So just in case, I'm going to leave it out. We were discussing how his company actually likes to record at their office on site and they like to bring professional voice talent in because they do a role played situation that's a conversation between two different actors. And it got me thinking about how prevalent that situation probably is in e-learning. And I know role-playing, when I was a trainer, role-play scenarios were a big method of acting out, billing questions and troubleshooting situations and things like that that came up that just to get the rep some reps, I guess. And those scenarios help you ingrain concepts into trainees. And it also helps the other trainees in the room or the trainees watching your e-learning to hear it play out in front of them as well. Now, it doesn't help quite as much as just doing it yourself, but it definitely helps more than just hearing how to do it. So if you were going to do this for your e-learning project, you definitely have some hurdles and pitfalls that you could run into when working with multiple voices. And I don't expect you to be an audio engineer who can do magical tricks with EQ and make rooms and microphones sound the same. So it's best to think ahead and do anything you can to get out in front of any potential problems. It could save you hours in recording new takes or post-production. I want to give you some tips and things to consider when working with two voices. And we'll just stick to two voices because the variables are the same. For more voices, you just have more of the same variables to worry about. So there are two scenarios when working with multiple voices that you need to think about. Either you're recording two voices synchronously, which at the same time, or two voices at different times or asynchronously, and you're blending them together or making a conversation out of it in post-production, which honestly is standard for a lot of the animation you see. A lot of the actors who are recording characters for animation are recording on their own. They've got a director, maybe a producer, and the engineer, but they're the only one in the room. There are some reads where they'll have three or four actors. Um, you can find some great videos from Futurama, it's really just Billy West sitting in a room talking to himself and four other actors watching him being awesome. But uh, those are on YouTube. They're really, maybe I'll link to one in the show notes. But a lot of actual animation is done with one actor at a time and then they stitch it together. And it's crazy how well it comes out. So it's definitely possible. But it is easier if you don't have a trained actor to get the actors in the room or get the talent in the same room at the same time. So let's talk about that first and the things that you have to overcome in those situations. You could have two voice talent working locally with you. Maybe you have two coworkers or you and another coworker 
But either way, there's two of you in the same room recording. I would really hope that you had two mics, first of all, so each voice can be recorded independently on its own track, and you don't have to split them later if you need to work on each individual voice, doing EQ or compression, removing mouth clicks, bringing up the volume of someone, because if they're both on the same track and you need to bring one person's volume up, then you need to bring the other ones down and it, you have to play with volume envelopes and it can be a big pain. Having each one on their own mic on different tracks is great. If you have them in the same room, make sure that they pause between sentences before the next person's line starts. That'll prevent overlap and help you manage mic bleed a little bit better, where talent A is picked up by talent B's mic because they are loudmouth or something. But, I mean, if you're in the same room, you're going to be picking up each other all the time. Now, also, if you have two mics and they're the cardioid pickup pattern and they're in the same room, put them directly opposite of each other facing away so they'll be back to back. And they don't have to be really close or touching or anything, but the cardioid pattern is kind of a heart-shaped pattern, and I'll put a link to uh, some pictures in the show notes so you can see what what the cardioid pickup pattern looks like. But what's important to know is that the backside of the mic on a cardioid pickup pattern is going to reject the sound the best. So if they're back-to-back and they're both speaking toward each other, which would be a really natural situation, that'll minimize mic bleed because they'll be speaking toward the other actor's mic, but toward the spot that's least sensitive for them. But it's obviously not going to be perfect because you're still going to pick it up from the room. You could also try to put some sort of barrier or baffle between them. That might help you prevent a little bit of bleed. Check out episode Two, pretty sure it was episode two, uh, diynarrator.com slash 002. There's some ideas in there on how to build one out of PVC and moving blankets. But whatever you use, make sure the surface absorbs sound and doesn't reflect it. You're already going to have enough issue with echo. If you add another surface really close to the mic, you might get some weird phasing issues. And so that'll be a way to prevent that. Then they can still have a natural conversation. Even if they can't see each other, it'll work fine. They'll just be more like they're on the phone instead of in person, but it should still sound like a natural one-on-one conversation. Now to prevent mic bleed altogether, you can set it up so each person is in a different room where they can actually hear the other's mic over a monitor, but that's a bit of an advanced engineering scenario and would take some additional equipment. It might not be a great idea, but it's really possible if it's something you're looking into. One idea I had, which I don't know if it really would work that well, but if you had a couple of lav mics, like lapel mics, it might be really interesting to have them actually act out a scenario since they'll be able to move around with lapel mics on. And if one was training the other, for example, this would work well in that scenario if uh, someone was showing someone how to use like computer software. The person who's learning could sit at a desk and actually use the software while the other person stands behind them. Even if they're still on script, it would be interesting how that would work and it would add an element of realism if one was actually using the software and the other was actually training them on it. If you do that, I'd love to hear the result. It'd be fun to hear how it turns out. It might not work at all, but you can get actually some really good sound out of a lav mic. I've used them to, uh, like in a live audio situation. So those are my thoughts around using two talent in the same room. The other situation where we have two voices in different rooms working remotely from each other, and it could be two voiceover talents, maybe it's you as the instructional designer and a friend or a coworker that just maybe you're remote and you don't work together, or maybe you don't have 
similar times where you can record, but you're going to record your part and then they're going to record theirs. Or it's not in the same location. There are some additional issues that come into play when you have two talents who aren't recording in the same location. The first thing I want to say if you're not in the same location is try to record at the same time, even if you aren't in the same space, but do it over Skype or Zoom. And that'll really help the conversationality between the two people. You can react back and forth, and then each person will record their own side of the conversation and then send you the finished product, and then you'll have to stitch it together. That's actually how a video game called Firewatch was put together. I don't know if some of you have probably heard of Firewatch. It's like people just drool over the voice acting. And it is so good. Like, it's just so natural. And there's so much emotion in it. I'll put a clip in the show notes. Honestly, I haven't even played the game. It's on my list. But I just don't get a lot of time these days with a 10-month-old. But I'll put a, I'll put a clip of Firewatch in the show notes. And, uh, and a link to a podcast where the two main voice actors, Sissy Jones and Rich Summer, talk about the process that they went through. What they did is they got on Skype with a director. And they recorded all at the same time, so they could play off of each other's emotions. It obviously goes much deeper than just Skype sessions and being there together, but that was how they recorded it. But the real trick is that each person has to record their own end. No recording the Skype audio, it's not going to sound good, or one of you is going to sound good and the other is going to sound like a robot. You know you know how Skype audio sounds. So you have to piece the two together after they deliver you the files. Now, one of the big issues that come to mind when you have talents recording in different places is that the rooms will sound different. If you're working with professional talent, that shouldn't be a problem as their room should be dead. So there should be no echo. It should sound close enough to just about any other professional talent room where the the room sound won't be noticeable enough to be different. But if the rooms sound really different, like one is big and echoey and the other one is small and echoey, think like bathroom versus cathedral, they'll be so different that it'll be obvious they're not in the same room. And that'll definitely disengage the listener a little bit because they'll be like, these people don't sound like they're in the same place and they're acting like they are. It's an immersive role play scenario and suddenly it'll be more a distraction than anything else. Also, people just aren't naturally good at sounding like they're speaking when they're reading a script. They sound like they're reading, or they sound like someone who is reading who is trying to sound like they aren't reading. So their words start bouncing up and down, and they start up speaking, up speaking? And that'll make the conversation sound stilted and awkward, and up speak makes you sound unsure of what you're saying. It's obvious that they're not actually talking to each other again. And honestly, the only way to really get better at that is to just get better at narrating. And in this case, you're acting because you're acting out a scene with another person. You don't have to be Daniel Day-Lewis, but you you do have to be good enough that you aren't distracting, which I just realized ends in acting, distracting. So we're going to redefine distracting as just bad acting. Now, another issue to overcome if talents aren't recording together which happens when they don't react correctly to the other person. As my favorite soap opera actor Joey Tribbiani once said, the most important part of acting is reacting. And this does not mean acting again. It means you don't have a line, but someone else just did. 
We need to react correctly to someone else's lines in a conversation, and that includes the emotion and intent behind their lines. What someone just said or the tone that they used will greatly influence how we say the next thing we're going to say. We're accustomed to that kind of situation in everyday speech, and if it's not right in your e-learning module, it'll create weird dynamics between the speakers, and it could cause your listener to lose trust in what they're hearing. And again, trust is engagement. A good example of this is the sympathy chuckle. Now, we all have a sympathy chuckle. You make a bad joke at the register and the cashier chuckles as they're handing back your change or whatever. If you, one of your actors throws in a well-timed chuckle at the point in the script and the other one at that same point doesn't respond to that conversation with the same levity and the sympathy chuckle that we naturally expect in conversation, it'd make the conversation seem fake or, at best, it could make the person who didn't laugh seem kind of cold. Apart from acting classes and practice, one way to get around the acting issues is to have someone record the same line a few different times and in a few different ways. There's a kind of a dry one, and then maybe there's a chuckle, and maybe there's a sarcastic way of saying it. So they can throw a few different ways out, and then they can modify their pacing a little bit, just so it sounds like real speech and you have a few options to work with. Then you can pick from a few different lines and piece together the conversation that sounds the most natural. And I know that's going to potentially take a lot of time if you have a really long scenario or a bunch of them that you need to work on. But it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it to have a conversation that sounds natural that doesn't detract from your learner's experience in your e-learning module. Which is what it's all about. The narration is a big part of the experience itself. And that brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you got something to think about the next time you're putting together a two-actor or multiple-actor scenario for your e-learning module. If you have any questions about anything e-learning narration related, or anything, I mean, I'll talk about anything, feel free to send an email over, host at diynarrator.com. And thanks again for taking the time to join me for episode 5 of the DIY Narrator Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe. I'm over on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or you can head over to diynarrator.com slash subscribe and get the link for your podcatcher of choice. I'm on Android and Google Podcast is brand new, so I'm not used to it. I use Pocket Casts, which is pretty nice. As always, the price of admission is just a share. So if you feel like you got a little value out of the episode, just make sure you tell a friend or a coworker. Or just drop it on your social network of choice. And feel free to tag me in there if you want to get into the conversation a little bit. I'm always happy to jump in and answer questions or you know, meet some new people. Show notes and more over at diynarrator.com slash 005. Thank you for taking a little bit of time today to listen to me. And hopefully you got something good out of it. I hope you find something of value in each episode. So get out there and do great work.